Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, and Lee. How are we all? Solid. Okay. Fine. Fine. Looking for looking forward to the fun that is Monaco this weekend. All that on track action. All those all those passes. The it, you always want it to be better than you know it's going to be, don't you? You know not a great deal is going to happen during the race. You're just kind of hoping something kicks off, but it won't. I'm going to be that guy who says that we're going to have a really great Monaco Grand Prix for a change. Oh, the optimism. You've said that on the equivalent of this show for the last six years. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you have anyway. No, that's yeah. No, that's someone will probably go back and check. I, I don't think... Anyway, we'll get on to the Monaco Grand Prix later. We've got other stuff to talk about yet before that. Um, yeah, we have. We've got a Grand Prix that isn't happening and an extra one that is. Um, Turkey is now off the calendar, replaced with Styria 2. So this is the third attempt at this race, isn't it? Because Turkey replaced yes. Canada, which couldn't happen because of their COVID restrictions. And yes. now Turkey can't happen because of Turkey's COVID restrictions. And they've also moved France a week forward, have they not, to make it a triple header? Yep, so we got a triple header with France involved. F1, you are spoiling us Ferrero Rocher <sighs> style. Yeah, a double header and France. Yeah, I mean, that was the one good thing to come out of 2020. No French Grand Prix. Yeah, we did not miss it. And now we've got a French Grand Prix followed by... Two races at the same track, one of which, okay, provided a decent race last year, but then the following week didn't. No, no. Um, I've got to be honest, and I, I don't know if anyone's going to agree with me, I, I, I disagree with having to fill that gap with another Grand Prix. We've already got 23 on the calendar. There's no need to do a double header to fill that gap because 22 would be fine and even if we end up dropping down to 19 or 20 that'd still be fine that's still more than a full season so sponsors as well though isn't it that's that's the thing the sponsorship agreement's in place and you know various deals that have to rely on a certain number of races i mean if if you look at it we're only we're only four races into the season and already we've had effectively two cancellations. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, it's been the same race, but it could be that later on in the year we lose other races. I mean, there's nothing certain at the moment about the four races in the Americas, the three sorry, the three remaining races in the Americas. Yeah, the three races in the Americas and the Middle East is is unknown. Although I'm sure they'll find a way of making that happen, regardless. Yeah, Japan as well. Um, you know, there's, there's talk going on of them cancelling the Olympics. Ooh. I think with that, it's more to do with the sheer number of people that would have to come into Japan for the Olympics to go ahead, rather than anything to do with infection rate there. But they've just they've just increased their lockdown measures as well. Mm. So we've got races that are looking slightly iffy, and I think the the minimum number of races for TV contracts before F1 start having to pay money back is um, 16, which is why they were so keen on getting 17 races in last year. Yeah. So if, um, you know, if eight races get binned off the calendar, all of a sudden F1 have got to pay the broadcasters. Or go back to Bahrain and do the Squoval again. Now, that wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, they're in the Middle East at the end of the season. 
Yeah, I, the only thing I'd argue about the Squovel is is that it was only a good race because of the the madness that went on with Lewis not doing it and George Russell in being in the car. I I, I don't think it was actually like a good race, was it? I would argue I Sergio was. Perez would say it was a very good race. Yeah, yeah plenty of passing going on. Yeah, but it was like it, it was fakey pass though, wasn't it? I don't, I'm not sure there was anything. Uh, I I I, th- I think I'd have found it quite boring if it wasn't for is George actually going to be able to do this? I think that's a good reason to do it again, though, to see if it was just freak circumstances yeah. or if it is no, actually an fair. interesting thing. Like with Baku, isn't it? You know, we saw the crazy race in 2017, and then 2018, kind of also crazy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean that that's not so bad having a different layout at the same circuit because. It's a different layout. It's not mm. the same race. Um, but yeah, when you when you've got Austria and Styria back to Austria first, isn't it? And then Austria. It's just a little bit like, oh, do you have to? Because to be honest with you, I don't think you do. I mean, they could always have the um, they could have two French Grand Prix on different layouts. They could. One of them might be interesting. <laughs> there has to be. Well, they've got 100, a 154 version. to choose from, including mm. the ones with sprinklers. Is that how many combinations there are at Paul Ricard? Something like that, yeah. Because it, I mean, it's the, it was the Paul Ricard test circuit, proprietor yeah. Mr. B. Eccleston, for a while. Next, next to the Paul Ricard International Airport, proprietor Mr. B. Eccleston. Direct flights to Biggin Hill, a speciality. <laughs> So, so I made it international. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. When when they have two two races at circuit uh, circuit that has to be identical because it's on it's only got one way out that's long enough. There there is a separate Austria layout that um, is used for I think world touring cars and DTM. Okay. Um, but it it misses out about two thirds of it. That's not going to make it a very long lap, then, is it? Yeah, you, t- you take you take turn one, you go halfway up the hill, and you turn right. Fun times. I think the best we can hope for here is a, <laughs> is a bit of weather for one of them. Really, that's the only thing I think that would possibly make it two different races is if there was a little bit of a, a sprinkle for one of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, everybody had the measure of the circuit by the Styrian Grand Prix last year. Yeah, which made the Styrian race not that exciting, but mm. then this time it's Styria first, isn't it? And then Austria, essentially, even though it's the same bloody place. <laughs> so we, we might get an yeah. exciting Styrian Grand Prix this year and not an exciting Austrian Grand Prix. Was there a touch of wet involved in the Austrian Grand Prix last year? I think there was on one of them, wasn't there? I'm sure there was a little, yeah. a little bit of moisture. I want to, I want to say it was during, during the second one. Um, practice was, I want to say practice was a bit damp. I, th- I thought it was quality of the race. Is it like you know, quality? I think it was. Was it? Yeah, I, I remember there being some sort of wet involved that made things a bit odd. I mean, F1 gave up on the option for the seventy uh, first anniversary Grand Prix as well. Mm. Gave up on the option of sprinklers as well, and that's looking more and more and more like a good idea nowadays. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, head back to Paul Ricard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might it might even save the circuit. But obviously, that's that is all to come at the end of next month. So nothing, you know, it may be confirmed, but nothing is confirmed. No. 
you know, it's it's F one in the middle of COVID. We're getting, you know, we're getting we're getting races, and we're only in May. Yeah, let's not say in the middle. You'll have people jumping out of fucking balconies. It's F one at the end of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no, you always leave it open for another series. If how you learned nothing from Line of Duty. Well, fuck <laughs> I think uh, series are called variants, aren't they? Not series. <laughs> Series, variants, seasons. Spin-off. Ah, yeah, I, li- I like the idea of that. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I, actually, no, pers- personally, no. Um, I've completely lost my thread. Let's just talk about that new McLaren livery for the next 20 minutes instead. It's fit. It's a bit good, isn't it? I'm a fan. It is Big good. Fan. I don't know if I needed the best part of a week to hype myself up for it. I, w- I think for a paint scheme that level of embargo yeah. was a bit much i think especially when it, when it was coupled along with this is something that's going to be great for mclaren the organization and the f1 team uh i think i think at one point they even said and f1 in general well i mean it looks pretty you know yeah it, it looks great don't get me wrong but yeah i i was expecting like a, a formula e team or something i was i thought there was going to be yeah. something slightly more Big, yeah, yeah. Running a formula, I, um, running a formula e and a hypercar team out of the out of the old headquarters where mm-hmm. they had, where they had the press conference. Yeah, they did here, which was which I is thought, what made it a bit weirder as well. Yeah, I thought at the beginning of it that when um, when you saw the flash of the sports car in the Gulf livery, I because I, I didn't realize what car it was at first. Um, I thought it was it must be some sort of like hypercar series or something that they've worked out Lando could drive in. That's what I, I thought the it was when that little video started until you saw the car, obviously. But I thought that's the way it was going to go, that Lando was going to drive something else as well as Formula 1. Mm. Yeah, pretty announced that Lando's going to be driving a Senna in next year's Le Mans. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, but ah, it is, is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a cool livery. I mean, it dates back to 70s, I think, 60s or 70s with Porsche. Mm. Um, but then, obviously, McLaren had their um, their first road car in, um, in Le Mans in golf colours in the mid-90s. And McLaren have kind of carried it on since then. Uh, I think they had a, one of their more recent entries in, in Le Mans, I think, was uh, in golf liveries as well. Um, and to bring that over to F1 team, I think it's fantastic. It's one of the classic racing liveries. Um, we said last year when they announced that they're tight with golf, how cool would it be if they did a golf livery? Well, now they've done it. It looks fantastic. Yeah. And the only the only downside is I'm disappointed it's uh, for the Monaco Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's given them, given them a chance to release some new merch as well. Hands Which up is and- nearly all sold out. I was going to say, hands up, <laughs> who's managed to buy some yet? I was even no. I, I was even thinking about buying a baseball cap. I don't do baseball caps. That's how much of the hype train I got caught up in. Yeah, but I'm not being funny. Formula One merchandise costs so much. It's like it's not just even a bank transfer, is it? I've got to start cashing in fucking Bitcoin. I'm an NFL buy, yeah. I'm an NFL fan. I'm used to this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the price of the hats was comparable to the price of a Kamoa hat. Yeah, the price of the jackets are comparable to the price of a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would you spend 90 quid on a hoodie? 
No, it was the jacket that was 90 quid. Oh, I think the hoodie was 85, I think. And yeah. that's the only thing I liked as well, was the like, really, really like, as if like, I'd, I'd like to wear that, was that sort of zip-up jacket thing. That looked pretty fucking nice. I like the polo shirt, but it's gone already. Sold out. <laughs> You're not going to be able to do your, um, your special and buy um, previous McLaren merch with this, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you! Well, I think you'll be able to, but I think it might come at a cost. <laughs> well, by pre- hey, I got by previous McLaren merch cheap. Yeah, I got that Honda waterproof from McLaren for like twenty quid. It was great. <laughs> oh, your soft shell jacket that sounds like some, some kind of crab. Well, it was it was uh, it was so soft shell it was almost transparent. But yeah. <laughs> literally literally was just a waterproof just to make sure you didn't get absolutely soaked uh, I'm guessing on some sort of log flume ride because I can't think when else you'd wear something <laughs> like that <laughs> um, front row at SeaWorld yeah maybe yeah possibly <laughs> yeah. take me Shamu I'm covered in McLaren Honda gear <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, first, first three rows may get wet that oh, was that when Fifty Shades of Grey was on at the cinema <laughs> when oh when the DVD came out, um, they had a massive oh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, yeah, they had they had a massive display stand of them in um, in our local supermarket, and it just so happened at the same time that they were also doing some floor cleaning. So I may have moved a caution wet floor sign to right in front of the stand full of DVDs. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. I like that. But do you know, I like do you know, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't understand with the whole Fifty Shades of Grey situation. Was everybody losing their minds? Yeah, like, the most crazy porn is available to everybody at any time now. Like, we've fucking stripped morals and worries away from the internet. You can download yes. it all from totalshuntvideolibrary.com. Abs- abs- absolutely not. <laughs> but, um, the... Uh, it, I, I just, I couldn't understand, like, the, if, if you want to go and watch porn, just go and watch porn. Don't, like, trick yourself into trying to pretend this is socially acceptable. So. Oh, it's because it's in a book, it's fine. Yeah, go buy fucking Slam It In Your Ass 6 or something like that, wherever, <laughs> wherever it is you fancy. Just I mean, wait, what was that? Wait, what was we... that sex, sex Truck 10, was it, or something? Sex Truck 13. 13, 13, there was a difference. Sex mm. Truck 13, sorry. A difference sex of three? Sex Truck 10 was where it was as far <laughs> Was clearly as far as I got with that craziness. <laughs> yeah, just to point out that was that was in a um, a job lot of DVDs that was on sale in a local auction house. That wasn't in anyone's private collection. We do know no. we do know somebody who claimed to have read Fifty Shades of Grey just for the plot, and I'm not giving any names away, but she's marrying a former podcast team member. I I've I've read half <laughs> for of the it. plot for the plot. Apparently, there's a plot. I I read half of it, but it was like being inside Paris Hilton's brain. I've I've never seen the word like written down so many times. (laughs) Christ. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I've got got to admit that the film or the film or the book or anything to do with it has ever sort of entered my universe. I I have not partaken. Mm, No, like I said, it was it was in the house. I read half of it. And I had to tap out. We were having some building work done at work. Sounds a like you were participating, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> we were having some some building work done at work a couple of years ago, and someone had brought in a load of old books from home and left them in the kitchen 
just for people to read while they were on their break and I walked in on one of the builders reading Fifty Shades of Grey to the other one. That was a slightly <laughs> weird moment. I couldn't, couldn't tell if they were taking the piss or not. <laughs> it depends. If they, were, if they carried on when you walked in, That, that it would have been... No, like, there was there was a definite like oh stop someone else is here. Yeah, they 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 were they were meant it. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you want that kind of stuff, there's a new season. There's a new season of My Dad Wrote a Porno starting next Monday, which is pretty good. <laughs> it's 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 essential listening here. Mm-hmm. You know, we we are we are confirmed blinkers. <laughs> Anyway, we're doing an F1 podcast. We are. We, 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 we strayed. We kind of strayed into Patreon territory. We must. We must do more Patreon shows at some point. Well, we? Fifty Shades of Grey disguise, it describes the Formula One grid in about 2015. <laughs> ah. On Nico Rosberg's wardrobe. Yes. Ah, Fifty Shades of Beige. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to go back to F1. I've, I've, I've lost me lost me thread completely now. Um, was there anything else that we're going to talk about before we got into Roman Grosjean? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm lost for words with that. Stuck the car you... stuck the car on pole and um... probably should have won. Just got slightly slightly outstrategied, I think. Yeah, I think. Um, just lost, just lost it on tyre strategy because um, that car appeared to be not quite as good on the harder tyres. Um, he's in, he's in a quick car. He went, he went wheel to wheel with Takuma Sato and both survived. A bit too much sometimes. <laughs> so basically, it shows that IndyCar just isn't that difficult, doesn't it? You have a girl then. <laughs> no, I mean for for for, 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 for Formula One drivers. Mm. Let's. Uh, I, I'm looking at you, Takuma Sato, um, <laughs> two-time Indy 500 winner, Takuma Sato. Yeah, um, people like Formula One drivers that go to IndyCar seem to do particularly fucking well. They do seem to adapt well, particularly to I'm looking the road at you, courses. Max Chilton. Well, <laughs> well, no, you're not because he couldn't even get into the US for the race this weekend. Haha, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> he, he tried. He tried. He just didn't get there in time. That is literally what happened. We were fifteen laps in. Just like, not seen Max Chilton on on there. What's happened? Didn't even notice that he wasn't racing. Such a gentleman racer. <laughs> but yeah, it it, se- it seems to be. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it a step down. But I think the. Um, the skill level needed for Formula One translates well to the skill level needed for IndyCar. Mm. Where de- I think, I think it's like without. I know I'm going to make people angry here. I think it's definitely a step down for Formula One. Um, I, 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 I don't. I, you, I don't think you will ever see a Formula One driver choose to go to Indy over Formula One. Whereas I'm pretty sure, regardless of what he said, if Patrick O'Ward happens to do pretty well at his test. And he gets an offer of a drive somewhere in Formula One. You know, I think he, I think he'd give it a go. Um, you can't. I, I, sorry, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, who, I who wouldn't? I don't who think wouldn't? if you if you're talking like pinnacle at motorsport territory, I'm not sure you can do that with a spec series. And that that's why I don't think Formula One and uh, IndyCar are in the same league. 
Yeah, oh. that's the thing. In IndyCar is a spec series. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's probably the, I'd say it was the fastest, most competitive spec series in the world. Um, yeah, but... Ev- the, I mean, the only, ev- the only that- other I can think of that sort of remotely comes close is LMP2. Uh, yeah, but you mean that? That's fine. I, I don't. I don't really know what difference that is. That's like comparing the quickest turtle. <laughs> Everyone knows it was Michelangelo, who was by far the fastest <laughs> on skateboard. We've but had to be fair. Before all our American listeners fucking hate me, I would say that as far as Roman Grosjean go, doing well, is that Grosjean always looked to be a driver that could. He was like we used to say all the time. He's either really fast and crashy. Or he's slow and doesn't crash. Now, IndyCar has took one of Grumman Grosjean's biggest problems away from him. That's corners. So I, I well, no, he's, know, he's, he's, yeah, he's, doing he's, he's not courses. doing ovals. He's not doing ovals. Oh, I th- I thought I thought he was doing the ovals as well. No, ovals no, are no. ovals are crashy. Oh, so I think they look, thought it might might be best give him a year first and then stick him on yeah. an oval before he oh, just. Look, look, well, I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> But the uh, but like I, I think it's nice, you know. Grosjean mm. looked like he was going to be fucking top draw, didn't he? You know when he was coming into Formula One. For the, when he came the in, when he time. came in for the second time, the, the first time nobody talks about anything that happened that season. No, no, no. Up. But when he when he came in the second time, and it like we spent like three years looking at him, going, "Oh, if he could just sort this crashing out, and it'll happen. He'll get it one day. He'll stop." And he there was sports psychologists. There was a uh, Jackie Stewart got involved with him, didn't he, to try and uh, to try and iron it out, and it just never seemed to work. But I, I, I don't know if you can blame cars to a certain extent as well, because you know it's his best time in Formula One was probably with Lotus when they had a good car. Well, that's when he used to score points regularly and <clears> podiums, <throat> eight, yeah. eight podiums. I think it, I think it says a lot for um, possibly how how bad the situation was at Haas because K Mag was on pole for the uh, for the IMSA race this weekend as well. Wow. Okay. So you know both both Haas drivers from the last few seasons struggled struggled complained about the car quite a lot had a shit car moved to okay other disciplines um, and seemed to be doing a damn good job. The thing with Formula One is as well. Oh, let's oh, not forget, oh. Formula One has always been a little bit. Uh, what's that? Uh, what you are owning it? You disappeared for a second. <laughs> no, well, for a second is fine. Formula One has always been a bit about the cars, isn't it? It's it's not always the driver. It's not all the car. It's a mixture of the both. Um, the technology that pushes Formula One forward is why it's a formula. It's Formula One. It's not Formula IndyCar, is it? It's IndyCar. Mm. So you know, if you're in a if you're in a shit car, you can be made to look pretty shit pretty quickly. But we have seen both of those drivers, both Magnussen and Grosjean, in competitive cars, and they produce some okay-ish results. The both the both had podiums. Yeah, Magnussen in his first race, and then no more. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of those. Is he going to be real? Is he going to be far better than his dad? No, just a little bit. He just, a, he just has a slightly longer career. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? His dad's still going. It's Team Magnuson at Le Mans this year. They're teammates. It is. Yeah, yeah, they are teammates, aren't they? Yeah. 
Team Denmark. <laughs> yeah, so we are going to need an iMag or an LMag, just just for the continuity, because we've got JMag and KMag. LMag, it must be Lars Magnussen, surely. <laughs> There's got to be one in the family. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... Yeah, no. oh, sorry, sorry. Technically, there is an LMag, but she's only three months old. So it might be a little bit early for her. I mean, the rest, the 24 hours, it's still three months off. You know, if the, if the cut-off age is six months, she's she's up for that. Don't tell Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> They've already signed the next one that hasn't been born yet. M. <laughs> Mag. <laughs> Magnus. Could be Magnus Magnuson. Would be a real racing mastermind. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on before Flood starts questioning life choices. Well, he made a bad one. I, I, he made a bad one six years ago. Well, I was thinking, you know, if you just imagine uh, M Mag, you know, just crossing the line at the beginning of lap one, uh, you, you never get a DNF. Nope. No, he'd never get a DNF. He started, so he was finished. Oh. oh. Christ. Oh, God. Um, should we talk about Monaco now? Why we not? Try. <laughs> we try. We've, we've been putting off the inevitable. Um, yep, the annual, the annual Monaco parade. It's not that annual, though. It didn't happen last year. All right, the mostly annual Monaco parade. <laughs> or as um, somebody put on Discord tonight, it's Parway Adik. Right. Parway Adik. Yeah, Parade Week. Oh, I see, I see. I really think that one's run its course now. I think it? I think the raw seek has has yeah been done. Yeah, so the um, they keep calling it the jewel in the F one crown, um, which they're going to continue to call it until somebody returns that thirty thousand pound diamond from the Jaguar. Hmm. <laughs> no, I think yeah. I mean, Monaco is a great test for driver skill. That's not. In question, uh, you know, to, to do a fast lap around Monaco is difficult. Uh, to, to be the fastest lap around Monaco, even you know, e- e- obviously even more difficult. But e- <sighs> the cars are too big to race now, um, which is why I think they should just go down two fifty cc shifter carts for one race, and this should be it. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, something something needs to be done. Have the have the Monaco Festival of Formula One where all the drivers do a parade lap in a classic car and you get lower series races. You know, contractually obligate them to be there and turn up and do a parade. Which is It doesn't have to be a championship event. You can have a an event there, but it doesn't have to be a championship race. Oh, now, the problem with that is you get teams running it as an extra test because they'll be able to bolt some stuff onto the car that... Uh, Oh no! Testing for Hungary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, it's it, uh, bolting stuff on for a fucking test where no, where no one goes quick enough to use aero is not going to do much for anybody, is it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we haven't got a race last year to compare it to, so we don't know how how these cars perform. But my guess is as parady as the last five years. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I did, the only thing I will say is I think it might get quite exciting if Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen are first and second and we have a race of, hey, on. <coughs> oh, bless you. Bless you. Uh, and we have a race of Hamilton chasing Max or Max chasing uh, Lewis because, y- you know, at least at some point, uh, one of those cars is going to make a lunge that's either going to work or neither of them are going to finish. I think that's what's going to happen this weekend. Um, I know Zach Brown has, uh, has said it as well, hasn't he, that at some point they are going to make contact. I think it's going to be early on in the race, possibly you know, for opening couple of laps. I feel that um, it's more it's more beneficial to Max Verstappen right now where we are, well, or the way the championship seems to be going. It's more benef- beneficial for Max to send one at Lewis and neither of them finish the race than it is for him to come second to Lewis. Yeah, because the gap. Yeah. But just the, 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 the way it <laughs> the way it seems to be losing, like no, but Lewis seems to be just steadily creeping away from Max, doesn't it? Hmm. And if if Max doesn't do something about that within the next two races, I I think that might become a real problem for him. You know, you know what's going to happen, and Chris, this one plays in one of your theor- your pretty regular theories. Um... <laughs> regular theories, <with> Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Max, right, okay. Max sends it on Lewis. Both of them, both of them spin out. Lewis limps back to the pits. Comes out in, um, comes out in fifteenth. Max is toast. Lewis somehow manages to get back up to tenth. So in the end, he does his usual. He's had a crash, but somehow he still managed to increase his lead at the top of the championship. Yeah, yeah. No, Hamilton does manage that on, on uh, you know, even when he has a bad race. As like, oh, what an awful race. Wait, hang on. He's extended his lead by another four points. Um, yeah. It, that that's the kind of thing that it will that will play out, very similar to how it did in. I know it it wasn't a total win win for him in Imola, but it looked like a disaster. He was a lap down in ninth place, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, he's second. <laughs> um, so you know, um, that'd be a lot more difficult to do at a circuit where you can't really overtake. So if you did find yourself tangling early on, and both cars did somehow manage to limp back to the pits and keep running. Yeah, they wouldn't. You know, nearly a lap down at Monaco means you know big trouble. So, but yeah, somehow Lewis Hamilton always manages to to to, to pull it out of the bag. I, I think any driver would accept it if they came away from Monaco and the gap hadn't either increased or decreased. I think either of them would be happy with that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's. I mean, it's 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 a bit of a lottery, but not a good one. It's it's kind kind mm. of thunderball. You go there trying not to make a mistake as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah. You don't win Monaco. You just simply not lose it. Mm. Yeah. Whereas I think going back, I'm doing a thing here. What we were talking about before the podcast about contradicting myself. Um, I think no, if we no, find ourselves, <laughs> I think if we find ourselves in a position where Verstappen is leading and Hamilton is second, and Hamilton does that thing where he sort of hunts him down to within a couple of tenths, um, and it gets towards the closing laps, I think Lewis would be okay with finishing second to Max, but I don't think it would be okay the other way around. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always, I've always compared. You know, I've always said that um, Lewis Hamilton may see Ayrton Senna as his favourite driver of all time, but his mindset is more like Prost. Totally. You know, what is the most I can get out of this with the least risk, and what, what? What can I get away with doing what I need to do that's going to cause the least amount of problems if everything isn't running ideal? And, you know, that's how Prost works. Everyone called him the little professor. Yeah, the prof. Yeah, and Hamilton, I've said for the last few years, he's got the same mindset. You know, he's he, he is the king of damage limitation. Yes, absolutely. And consistency, as I said last week, and his last retirement was Austria 2018. That might change this weekend, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to go for some uh, some predictions then? Tricky. Very tricky, yeah. I mean, it looks of... like it's going to be dry, mm. so I mean, you, we, we can't even hope that rain might spice things up and, and, and throw something in the in the wall at, you know, a late stage of the race. But It's a, it's a whole week away, though. I'm not giving up on rain just yet. Yeah, no, we also get we also get that gap in practice as well, don't we? Do they still do Thursday practice at Monaco? Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a because um, Friday used to be a bank holiday, but now um, it isn't anymore. It's a, I don't think it is this week, and there's racing going on on Friday because that's when the first F two races. So F two is racing F two's racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Which right, is, but F one is still not doing Friday. Yeah, F one is Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I think as well it means the drivers are available for the fashion show, doesn't it, if they don't have to race yeah. or drive oh, three God, days in a row. Pur- there's purple, that. Purple lounge on mm. the Thursday night. That's a thing. That, yeah, that's um, that's always a thing. I've not received a media invite to that this year. That's the, that's the, This is the first time since we started this podcast, and bearing in mind I've never signed up to their mailing list, <laughs> but this is the first year there's been a Monaco Grand Prix and I've not had to turn the invite down. They obviously know you want to attend a fashion show. Why have you never told me about this invite? I would totally <laughs> go to that. <laughs> because the invite, the invite usually arrives... Um, about a week before the event, and you know how much it costs to get off the island with a week's notice? At that time of year, yeah. usually, yes. At the start, of, fair, at, the start mate, of, at the start of TT? Yes. If you're going to Monaco, um, you, you, you're not bothered about the price getting off the island? No. That's, that's, al- that's also a fair <laughs> point. Um, so yeah, no, when, when I when I get next year's, if they send if they send one through, or even well, you, even if they do send one for this year, I'll I'll forward it on to you with with pleasure, Chris. Yeah, do so. <laughs> uh, right, predictions. I've already got mine. I've got mine written down. Uh, so I'll go first for a change. I am going for a Hamilton win. Verstappen. Written down. Well, typed out with, with ink and paper. Typed out. Okay. okay. Um, Hamilton win. Verstappen second. I'm going for Danny Rick third. Oh. He's got form around there. He does like Monaco, to be fair to him. And sometimes Monaco likes him. And it would be good to see the livery. Yeah. Because we all we all know how good one-off liveries look um, Look on the Monaco podium, David Coulthard. <laughs> <laughs> is, it the, is it the time to dig the Superman photo out again? When isn't it? Yeah, fair, yeah, fair <laughs> point. Well made. Right, who's up next? I will go for a Verstappen win, Hamilton second, and Perez third. Mm, double Red Bull podium. Yes. 
I'm going to throw an extra one in for mine. Oh. What? Got, There's yeah. three people on a podium. Who else do you think you're throwing in? Well, no. Um, Charles Leclerc in fourth. Because oh. this season he's come fourth, sixth, fourth, sixth. Right. So Leclerc in fourth. Doesn't like Monaco. Usually crashes. See, it's his home race, isn't it? But he's on my podium. Ah, okay. You see, I, I, I've got him getting it right this year for a change. Oh, you, you you got, see, got, you've got four. I think Hamilton. Sorry. You've got four steps on your podium as well. No, three. But I think Hamilton and Verstappen may, I'm not saying they will, may take each other out of the podium positions, leaving it open for a Sergio Perez win, a Lando Norris second, and a Charles Leclerc third. The only issue I would say with that prediction is that Sergio Perez has said he thinks he can win, which sounds like dangerous talk. Oh, no, he hasn't, has he? He has. That's my prediction. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I felt I was being risky sticking him on the podium, but... (laughs) I mean, Perez is taking Verstappen out, doesn't it? Let's be honest. (laughs) And yet Bottas Um, still somehow can't compete. (laughs) I'm going for Lando Norris win. Um, Charles Leclerc second. And Daniel Ricciardo, third. I mean, that sounds like there's been shenanigans in that race, so I'd quite like to yes. see it. Well, uh, uh, Hamilton and Verstappen take each other out. Um, Lee and I are on the same page. In fact, no, sorry, I'm taking Ricciardo out because Ricciardo's issue is breaking, and that's not good around Monaco, so Ricciardo's going to do badly. Uh, did, what did I say? Lando Carlos. Lando Charles. So Lando Charles, Lando Charles Carlos, then. Double Ferrari. Double Ferrari. Whoa. Uh, I don't think um, Perez is going to do very well. I think he's going to struggle again with the car. Um, I think Bottas is going to be fucking Bottas. I think Bottas um, could end up being a bit of a train and backing some people up who would potentially, if they could get past him, be better. I see him fifth. Fourth or fifth. Yeah, sounds about right. And and embarrassingly off... (laughs) the top three considering he's got better machinery likely mm. chance of points for Williams this weekend Cause potential because don't don't, yeah, don't forget George Russell Mr. Saturday and overtaking is a nightmare yeah mm-hmm. yeah good a good crash or two yeah there is that yeah. there's also the fact that you know given that the uh, given that Monaco is a high downforce dependent circuit and Williams appear to have solved their aero stalling issue. Um, both drivers could find themselves qualifying quite well. Yeah, the only thing they need to worry about is um, high winds because apparently the car is still um, struggling with that. It's fine, it's in a town, there's no high winds. Yeah, it's, 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 say, it's yeah. always beautiful in Monaco, isn't it? They don't have wind. It's, it's too ugly, they don't allow it yeah. in, just like all the people. Yeah. I'm afraid you have British teeth. Get out. <laughs> if you want to put your own predictions in uh, for this weekend, just go to threelegsportwheels.com, look in the game section, and uh, look for the uh, Grand Prix Prediction League. Go for the top three, pole position, fastest lap, uh, how many DNFs or not classifieds, and mm. uh, will there be a safety car or not? Bearing in mind we're four from four this season, and it's a very windy, tight, one car wide in places, track and Mazepin. And as Martin Brundle said last time out, 
they like to get the safety car out because this year it's sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll have to so, change that to when will the safety mm-hmm. car come out. See, that's an interesting thing as well, isn't it? Has anybody seen uh, Gunter Steiner's um, advice to, to having two rookies uh, at Monaco? It, it will stay away from the barriers. Sure, yeah. Here's, Seems here's good. an interesting one. Um, let me get, make you get this right. George Russell in his... Uh, this, I was just thinking because we were talking about Williams points. Uh, George Russell in GP2, in his GP2 year in 2018, didn't finish either race because he crashed. But in Monaco? Yeah, I just found that interesting. Thank you, Hard. And of course, this is the first year back at Monaco for F2 since then as well. Mm -hmm. Which still means I'm going to have to take my iPad to work on Friday and watch it. Watch it there because our IT department won't put a TV feed on one of our sixty-inch monitoring screens. Boo! Oh, hang on, Boo I'm in IT. Hang on, I'm in the IT department. I really should just get round to doing it myself, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, you should really. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get that sorted. I'm wa- I'm watching it on the TV. Who cares if Who cares if three hundred servers are all crashing at the same time? Formula Two's on far better. Probably your boss, I would think, but yeah, you know, just just saying. Yeah. Yeah, he might, yeah, he might, he might not be too happy. Ah, forget him. Uh, sh- is it shunting time? I know we're on for a short, we're on for a short show tonight, but there hasn't been really masses to talk about. It's quality yeah. over quantity. We talk about Fifty Shades of Grey for half an hour. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like quality over quantity today. Let's shunt it. <laughs> right, this one was sent in by Tony Lynch. By a Tony. That sounds like a. It's it sounds like a wrestling really easy wrestling name, name. fully to pronounce. <laughs> Does, doesn't it? Feel he might have made it up just to help me out. <laughs> um, I, uh, number one, I was born. Yeah, yes. Nineteen forty-nine. Ooh. Right. Okay. So very old. Like the Monaco Grand start... Prix. <laughs> or is that even older? I start. I started Sorry. my racing career in nineteen seventy-nine. Winning the Celebrity Grand Prix of Long Beach. Ooh. 30 is very late to start a... If you're a celebrity, though, it's fine. Like, look at Patrick Dempsey. I think he was probably sort of late 30s, 40s by the time he started doing Le Mans. Yeah, that's true. My professional racing debut was uh, at the 24 Hours of Daytona, 10 months after my first race finished. uh, after, After my first race finishing... 56th. I would like a guess, please. So, celebrity racer. Is this too old to be your man from Wham, Andrew Ridgely? Um, yeah, except for the one in, what was it, 1949? Yeah, so he would have been in his 40s. I feel like we're probably looking the other side of the Atlantic here. Based on sort of a celebrity race in Long Beach and a debut at Daytona. Yeah, seventy-two-year-old acting type. Obviously, too too young for Steve McQueen. Mm-hmm. Um, too young for Paul Newman. Yeah. Too young just for Steve McQueen sounds like an early two thousands pop punk band. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's going to be it's going to be somebody of that sort of daredevilly actor type thing. 
Hmm. Mm. Who's 72? Did Sylvester Stallone do some, some racing? He may have. I feel he would be in that neck of the woods age-wise. Yeah. Yeah, good call. I think Sylvester Stallone might have taken part in some racing, you know, over the years. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's a good one. Number four. I competed in the Camel GT series through the 1980s and had one, ra- um, one race in a World Sports Car Championship driving the March M1. It's sounding less like Sylvester hmm. Stallone now, somebody who's actually had a little bit of a career in the racing. Yeah, so, yeah. Somebody, somebody who's good. Yeah. So definitely not Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> <laughs> My best finish in that series came in 1986 when I... Uh, when I finishing no, when I were finishing runner up in the championship, uh, with two class wins at the twelve hours of so yeah, not shit. And GI Joe's Grand Prix. How is that a thing? GI Joe's how Grand is, Prix. How is that words I just said in relation to <laughs> relation to professional motorsport? I mean, it, it's like, yeah, uh, Joe will have sponsored the race. I'm imagining. Well, you you put your action man on top of your scale extric and you let it go. It's uh, it sounds like um, a budget micro machines track. It does. Um, number six. Yes, please. I was offered a drive in 1981 NASCAR uh, Winston Cup Series with the. Degard uh, Motorsport? Dugard. Digard. 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 Okay. Degard. Yeah, something like that. Um, Probably not American enough, but how about Nick Mason? He's about. Oh, the, yeah, from Pink Floyd. That's yeah, interesting. He's, a, he's about yeah. the right age, collects Ferraris, has raced at Le Mans. Yes. <coughs> Yeah, this is not an unreasonable concept. Yeah, that could be. Mm. Should we go for that for the second guess? Yes, definitely. Yeah, why not? I have competed in the 1972 and 1976 Olympics. I'm ruling out Nick Mason. Yeah. What about Aitlin Jenner? Caitlyn uh, Jenner's an interesting shout, yeah. <laughs> Notoriously crashy. Yes. In, into people, mainly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of, and, of all, and of all things to be while running into somebody on the phone to a lawyer at the time. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I can just see how that went. Hey. <laughs> You're going to have to put you on hold. <laughs> I'm going to have to put you on a bigger retainer. <laughs> Ooh, do you know anyone who specialises in defending accidents? <laughs> By the way, it can't be you. Like the conflict of interest, you're technically now a witness. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Caitlin Jenner was definitely in the 76 Olympics because... <laughs> Sorry, just quickly on the on the phone to a lawyer. Just a, just a quick question, Gary. Uh, is there any chance I can identify her as not being a murderer? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, hmm. Yeah, because she, she was like World Decathlon champion before Daily Thompson. Dizzy, get off the microphone. I was going to say, I can hear lots of purring going on uh-huh. there. Yeah, that's the um, that's the call microphone, not the uh, not the recording microphone. But if anybody, well, that's wa- right. if anybody wants to hear a cat, no, don't don't. <laughs> she's she's I eating. Oh, microphone then. The call <laughs> microphone. Right, stop, Jeez. stop, stop chewing the recording. Um, we've still got a few more clues, but yeah, Caitlin Jenner's a possibility. It was definitely the right time for the Olympics. I don't know about car driving, but uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's. let's well, put that you might crashy. Crashy. I deal that one in a minute. Given, <laughs> given the conversation we've just had, number eight, I made headlines worldwide in 2015 involved in a multi-car accident. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> nine. Since leaving world sports, I. Uh, have forged a highly successful film and television career, and <laughs> I was the recipient of the Woman of the Year Award in 2015. Oh, oh shit, I accidentally got it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say highly successful film career. I do not know of the Caitlyn Jenner or even back in the day Bruce Jenner film career. The Village People movie can't stop the music. Oh, it's as bad as it sounds. That does not sound good. Dizzy! Stop being a tit. Um, so, Flood, you you asking the question? Well, yeah, I don't I don't want to, you know, give the wrong name. But are you currently Caitlyn Jenner? <laughs> well, through this shunt, as to not dead name anyone, I believe I have been both Bruce and Caitlyn Jenner over the course of this storied human being's time. <laughs> Never, never knew she'd done racing. No, I was not aware. There you go. You learn something new. Yeah. You do. Yeah, decathlete definitely. Ter- terrible at acting. Uh, yeah. Again, um, only very, very briefly seen uh, Caitlin in in her former guys on the um, sh- the Keeping Up with the Kardashians TV mm. show. Which uh, somebody that I used to share a house with watched religiously. Jesus I'm not Christ. sure I'd call it acting on that either. It's sort of parody well, of yourself, isn't it? Well, I I think it's acting. If I'm perfectly honest, I remember never seeing... having seen an episode. All I can say to that is, you poor bastard. <laughs> I I remember seeing an interview with one of the people from uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. They're not. They, pe- at... they are not people. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> They uh, and they were asked like, "Well, is it is it all scripted?" And the like clearly fucking weapons grade genius turned around to this person and said, uh, "No, no, it's not scripted. They just tell us what to say." <laughs> I was like, there, I was thinking, not scripted because you can't read, can you? <laughs> no, it's pronounced Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> you find it's just pronounced ye these days okay. good that's really really good <laughs> that that was that was a really good shunt actually mm. um even if it wasn't accident, accidentally guessed one <laughs> I, I i mean it's you guessed it like how can that be an accident it can't be an accident that was just well no, guessed it guessed it prior to the accident a fuck yeah <laughs> 
I mean, if there's an expert on accidents, I mean, I just got to say, you know, if there's an expert on accidents, I mean, we already kind of mentioned one. Um, um, moving swiftly. Well, when you look at when you look at uh, Caitlin's daughters, she's an absolute expert on accidents. <laughs> moving swiftly away from the scene of this particular crime, how do you send a shunt in? <laughs> you can tweet me in a private message at a total shunt, or you can send me a DM on Instagram. I am also at a total shunt on that. <laughs> And, and you... lawyers can send their uh, any any legal paperwork uh, to their own bins. <laughs> yeah, send, send any paperwork you want to John Smith at johnsmith.com. <laughs> I think I I don't I don't think any any of that was liable. I think it could have been, and I think that's why that's what your man might have been thinking. That sent it to me, person. We shouldn't actually assume anything now, should we? No, but Tony, that, Tony yeah. is, a, is a is a is a you know multi yeah. multi gender name. Could have been a fucking cat. It's twenty twenty one. Yeah, person. No, because it could have been a cat. Be a life Being... form. <laughs> While Lee di- dissolves into a spiral of confusion, if you want to get in touch with us, send anything in for the mailbag, um, especially after the upcoming race in Monaco at the weekend, drop us a line, three legs, four wheels at gmail.com, and send a cup- send reserve shunts into there for weekends when Lee's too tied up in his own mind to actually podcast. Whoa, <laughs> most times. Do you know what has just tied me up in my own mind? I've just noticed on the software we use, to record this podcast, we are three of a possible 100 guests. Wow. Could you imagine being in a 100-person like voice call? Headache. I can feel the migraine that, coming on now. That's what hell sounds like. Mm-hmm. We had to do we had to do multi like person Zoom calls at work throughout lockdown, and there was maybe eight of us maximum at any one time. Fucking Too many. Just oh, everyone's yeah, screaming like, like a banshee. Nightmare. Everyone feeding back. It's no, nothing was yeah. achieved. My boss is fantastic on Zoom calls because he never quite gets it right where he sits like square on with the camera. So there's always like there's always like half of his face showing on the screen, and he can't, I don't know how you can tell because like how he can't tell because when you're looking at the screen, you see like your own sort of mm-hmm. in window thing, don't you? Yeah. So just like no, make sure you can see yourself, and then we can see you. <laughs> so it's like our health minister when it looks, he Dude, looks like, like the bottom half of his face or the left half of his face. Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite funny. Oh, I'm on the camera. It's like no, you're really not. <laughs> no, he, he just points the side to the camera that doesn't look like it's had a stroke that day. <laughs> um where was i yeah if you want to get um want to get in touch with us on the socials it's three at three legs four wheels on facebook twitter and instagram and individually on twitter we are at sean cowper at flood 21 and at pablo 100 um we'll be online over the course of the weekend um trying to stay awake during monaco send coffee <laughs> Um, look us up on Discord we're on there and um, some stuff about iRacing as well and uh, good luck to everyone that's doing the iRacing Indy 500 open setup this weekend I hope you do better than I did at the fixed one last weekend where I managed precisely one and a half corners (laughs) so the real Indy 500 is usually on Monaco Day but it's actually the week after is it It, this year yeah it's the week after so uh, and it's a bank holiday the day after so we can uh, we can drink our way through it yeah, and not having a bank holiday after Monaco feels weird. Mm. 
It does. I don't know when bank holidays are anymore. I've lost I've lost track. Charity aid, isn't it, that Sunday? I'm playing yep. that. On Indie Day or Monaco Day? Monaco Day. On the one without a bank holiday. That was weird. Anyway, um, we'll see you next week. Um, stay safe. See you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.